Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. ...of the Word of God. And turn with me to Psalm 38. Psalm 38. We are now beginning a brand new Sunday school series dealing with Psalms, Psalm 38 through 50. Uh, From time to time we've been bouncing into the Psalms and bouncing back, just hitting about 13 at a time and leaving and coming back and walking through the Psalms slowly but surely. Psalm 38. Psalm 38. Now as we come through this brand new Psalm, It's going to be a help to us in the days that we come to. Now, we know that different people are made different ways. We know that there's different sections within the Bible. We know that we start off with the five books of the law, five books of Moses. We call it the Pentateuch, so five books of the law, which is followed by 12 books of history, going up from Joshua and ending at Esther. Then after that, we have five books of poetry, which deal with the heart issues of man, dealing with the Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Those are the five (coughs) books of poetry, followed by five major prophets. Then that is preceded by 12 minor prophets. So 5, 12, 5, 5, 12. God just arranged it, kind of cool that away. Then after that, we hit the New Testament. Inside of the New Testament, we have four gospel records, four records of Jesus' account here on earth, followed by a historical book of the book of Acts. After that, we have a section in the New Testament called the Christian church epistles, letters or epistles that were written to Christian churches, mostly Gentile churches. Then that is followed by the Hebrew Christian church epistles. Or we have the personal epistles, sorry, personal epistles, which are letters to individuals uh, dealing with uh, Timothy, Titus, and then Philemon. Then after that, we have the section called the Hebrew church epistles. The Hebrew church epistles are written to Christians who have a Hebrew lineage, a Hebrew uh, following to try to encourage them that the things of the Old Testament are fulfilled and the commentary through the light of Jesus Christ. Now the reason why I'm saying that is because we have these different sections of the Bible that have different purposes and different flavors towards it and different people enjoy going to some of these books. There are many, many, many people who when they come to hard times, they go to the Psalms that deal with the hard issues of men, that deal and and cover how to get help and that we can empathize with characters like David who expresses his feelings. Did you know that you could go to God and say, God, help me. God, what's going on? David did that several times. Did you know that you could even tell God you're mad at him? I know that kind of sounds like something you shouldn't do, but God wants to have such an open relationship with you that you can tell him anything. That you don't have to try to figure out the right words to say. You don't have to figure out how to sugarcoat it. God wants you to be able to be honest with you. And one of the amazing things with the Psalms is that you could see a psalmist like David who goes off and says, God, what's going on? Why hast thou forsaken me? And as he talks with God and just talks out loud with God, 
that God changes his heart. And by the end of the psalm, he's saying, what a great God we have. What a great God we have. And so for many people, the psalms are a section in the Bible that they run to because they can identify. They can go and say, that's what I feel like. That's the type of thing that I need. And be able to glean from people who are just pouring their heart towards God. So that's why the study of the Psalms are so important. Because they deal with the heart issues of man. And so if you don't mind to take your copy of the Word of God. And turn with me to Psalm 38. Psalm 38. And let's see this heart issue of man. Written by the psalmist David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. As he talks with God following a very important event. Notice with me Psalm 38 and verse 1. O Lord... Rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and my hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink. And are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. And there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee. And my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stood aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They that seek me after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not, and I was a dumb man that opened not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not, and whose mouth there are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me when my foot slippeth. They magnify themselves against me, for I am ready to halt. And my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. But mine enemies are lively. And they are strong. And they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries. Because I follow the thing that good is. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste. To help me, O Lord, my salvation. And if you have it marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the Word of God in Psalm 38? Psalm 38, notice with me in verse 22, the, the phrase that says, Help me. Help me. Help me. You know, people all around the world recognize the call for help. The cry that says, I need help. Help. They say that every year, 
if I remember right, there are 250 million 911 calls. I think that averages out to 650,000 911 calls a day. It's a lot of help, help, help. People look for help and they're crying out for help. Could you imagine how many people cry out for help for God every day? People going to God and say, God, help me, help me. Crying out for God for help <coughs> identifies us as hapless sinners in need of a Savior. Help me, help me. In Psalm 38, David cries out to God, help me. One of the easiest things to do as we talk about what's wrong with everyone else, it's a harder thing for us to say, help me, help me. It's not another man that's falling and living deceitfully. It's me. Help me. Help me. Now, during this time, it's after David had sinned with Bathsheba and had murdered Uriah. It is after Psalm 51 where he gets right with God. But you understand that sometimes it takes a little bit for, um, for the consequences and everything to come up and, and to get cleared out. Here, even though he's forgiven of his sin, God is allowing a weight to get on David. This weight that goes on him where he realizes how much of a failure he really is. There are times that God allows that within our life. For us to realize how bad we've messed up. To realize how worthless we are. To realize how... <laughs> How helpless we are. And yet at the very end is the key thing. Help me. Help me. Some, God has allowed this weight to get on David. So he realizes he needs God. You know sometimes God allows things and situations within our life. Within our world. Because God is trying to let the people know they Need God. They need God. We could even look at things in, in our world right now. Why is God allowing these things that are going on right now? That we're looking at and getting away from that people are panicking for. Why is he allowing it? Is it because he's an evil God? Is it because he enjoys inflicting his displeasure and raining down wrath? Is he doing it just because he likes to pe see people squirm? He's doing this, he's allowing this to occur so people realize they need God. So they could cry out with two words, help me, help me. It is amazing to go through the word of God and to study how the Bible describes sickness. Do you know so often that Bible, the Bible gives sickness events to occur because God is trying to get someone's attention. Because he's trying to let them know that they can't do it on their own. You know, there's something about when you feel healthy. And you feel good. And your bills are being paid. And the skies are blue. And you, the, you have substance at home. And you have health and life and strength. We don't need God. We've got things handled. But you allow something to go on that people didn't plan for, that they weren't prepared for, something that puts a weight on them, that all of a sudden things fall apart and they realize they don't have things. 
So many people describe life as an illusion, as a house of cards. It may look good, but just one little thing, one little shake of the table, and everything falls apart. And that's where people begin to panic. And God allows those things to enter into people's life so they could realize that people have a need of Him. And so they could cry out with two words. Help me. Help me. David has just gone through this event. And yes, he's been forgiven of his sins, but God's still allowing this pressure to be on him because he's trying to work with David to let David realize, help me. So if you don't mind, let's go walk through this psalm here and let's see this idea of what God is doing in David's life to help David realize it's not him. He can't do anything about it. Help me. Help me. Notice, if you don't mind, David's condition. David's condition. Now, notice right above the psalm where it says Psalm 38. And for the Hebrew people, this is considered scripture just as much as uh, the actual text. Where it says a psalm of David, notice this, to bring to remembrance. A psalm of remembrance. This psalm of remembrance is... With David crying out for God, calling out in remembrance of David's condition. David is fully realizing, remembering his condition, and he's crying out to God, realizing what he needs. Notice this as we walk through this. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand, whose hand? The Lord's hand, presseth me sore. Here David realizes that what he has done is against God. All sin is against God. When he sinned sinned with Bathsheba, it was against God. When he murdered Uriah the Hittite, he was against God. And he's remembering that my sin offended God. It was against God. I'm remembering this. Here we see have David who's crying out to God like a child would to his father. He deserved the chastisement, but he's asking God for mercy. Lord, I know I deserve this. I messed up, but Lord, I want mercy. Give me help during this time. Notice with me as we continue on in verse number 3. For there is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. As David is crying out to God in Psalm 38. He's admitting that there's something wrong with me. Something occurred in my life. That God has put the pressure on me. That my flesh, there's no soundness. That, that word soundness carries the idea of health. He says I'm actually unhealthy. Because I sinned against God. You understand that we're made up of three parts. We as humans. Of spirit. Of soul. And body. Spirit, soul, and body. And if there's something wrong with one part of that three, it affects the health and the strength of the other two. If someone has something spiritually wrong with them, it could actually show up in their mind and make their mind unhealthy. If there's something spiritually wrong with them, it could affect up and manifest to them physically. You know that there's such a thing as sin sickness? A sickness in someone's body because they're not right with God. 
we know that if there's something wrong with someone's mind, meaning that because of the way that they've allowed their mind to think, they've allowed sin to come in their mind or, or wrong thinking, it could affect their spiritual life and it could actually affect their mental life or their physical life. Your mental problems can affect your physical health. Then we know that if there's something physically wrong with you, it could affect your mind and how you think and it could affect your spiritual life. That's why we have to take care of all three parts of spirit, soul, and body. Here David is saying, because of my spiritual sin, because I was not right with you spiritually, because I, my sin with Bathsheba, because of the sin of Uriah the Hittite, it is now manifested in sickness inside of my body. My body is not as healthy as it could be or should be, not because I got a disease, not because I contracted something, not because I broke a bone, but as a consequence of my spiritual life not being right with you. And it's carrying out here. Notice in verse number five, my wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. Because of my sins, I have wounds and they stink. People don't like the smell of it. Notice as it goes on. Verse 6, I am troubled and bow down greatly and I go mourning all the day long. Here we could see that his mental health is affecting him. So it started off with a spiritual problem that is manifested in his physical life. But is also uh, gone into his mental life. I am troubled. I bow down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. Because he realized of his sin and how bad it was and the consequences of it, he's actually gone into a depression inside of his mind. You know, depression always has a cause. Sometimes depression is because we've sinned against God. And we realize the things that are going on. So remember, we're talking about our health. We have three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Because David has sinned against God in his spirit, it is manifested in physical problems and problems in his soul. Remember, in our soul, we're made up of, of intellect, will, and emotion. It can affect how we think, and it can affect how we feel. And so David is recognizing that this is consequences of my sin against you. Verse number 8, or verse 7. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. Once again, physical problems. Verse number 8. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of this quietness of my heart. Going back to mental problems. So here we're seeing over and over this, this repeat. Because David sinned against God, because he was not right in his spirit, it is showing up manifested in physical problems and problems in his soul. Now, again, we're seeing David's condition. It's almost like a doctor, right? What other symptoms do you have? Runny nose, congestion, cough. You know, they're trying to find out all the things. Here he's listing all of his symptoms. These are the things wrong with me. Now, of course, he knows what the cause of it is. Remember, in anything that we do, we have to not just treat the symptoms. For example, I'm getting a headache now. The reason why I'm getting a headache is not because I'm lacking a pill. Okay? It's because I'm wearing the wrong glasses right now. But, so there's a cause for it, all right? And so the best way to treat the headache is to fix the cause of it, to fix the problem of it, and not just treat the symptom. You understand that? Some 
if David was to cover just the depression right here, would it necessarily fix the cause? No, the depression would end up coming back because it's a symptom. He's having physical problems right now. If you just focused on the physical problems and treat it just the physical problems, would it take care of it or would it come back? It would come back. We made up worth three parts. So here we're learning some science. We're learning things about us that we have to take care of all three parts. And remember, this is all bringing to the place. God is manifested and putting the pressure on David spiritually, physically, and mentally to bring David to the place where he says, help me, help me, help me, help me. So we go to David's condition. Now we move to David's conviction. David's conviction. Notice with me in verse number nine. He says, Lord, all my desire is before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. So now he's talking to the Lord and he's saying, all right, God, I have all these problems. But God, I'm letting you know, my desire is before thee. You know me. You see my groaning. You see the things that have come here. You see it's not hid from you. His groanings is what sin has done for him. They cannot be hid from God. He's becoming clean. God's convicted him and he's trying to get as clean as possible. Verse number 10. He says, my heart panteth, my strength faileth me, for the light of mine eyes is also gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloft from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. He says, because of my sin, no one wants to be around me. I mean, would you like to hang around David when you found out that he was a murderer and what he did? I mean, people are distancing himself. That's a consequence for sin. And he's admitting, I messed up. I caused this. He's not bitter with his friends. Well, you know what? They didn't stay with me. No, it's you that chased him off. It was you. He's recognizing this is my problem. I did this stuff. Verse number 12. They also that seek after my life lay stairs for me. And they that seek my heart speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. So now David's enemies are planning for him. He's opened up the door of vulnerability that people can attack him on. You know... <laughs> people are pretty good at something called deflection. Deflection is the idea that when you're trying to confront someone, that they turn around and point out your flaws. So that way, instead of looking at me, I'm trying to get you to look at something else other than me. Deflect it. And now David's at the place where he can't talk to anyone else because they already have plans against them. They're spotting all the things that he's done wrong. In fact, notice this as it goes on. Verse number 13. But I, as a deaf man, heard not. And I was a dumb man that opened out his mouth. Thus I was a man that heareth not, and whose mouth are no reproofs. Meaning that he said, even if I wanted to correct someone, I couldn't because I'm exposed. You know, I could point out what they're doing wrong, but they're all going to point out what I did wrong. I don't have the ability to correct someone right now because I'm exposed. I'm at the place where I'm ineffective in my role. Part, again, part of the sin. So we can see David's conviction. He's talking to God and he's telling them what he's done. Now we bring to this last part. We start off with David's condition to David's conviction to finally David's confession. Notice with me in verse 15. It says, for in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou will hear, O Lord, 
my God. Notice that word hope. That word hope is a powerful word. You know, you could live for several days without food. You could survive a couple of days without water. But one thing you can't live without is hope. And he's saying, God, you're my hope. You know what we live? We live in a world without hope. Without something to grasp upon. The Bible says that we can have a peace that passeth all understanding. When the rest of the world is freaking out, we're going to die. We could say, everything's all right at my father's house. We could have peace that passeth all understanding because of hope. I'm putting my trust in God. Remember, it's not how much faith you have. It's the object that you're placing the faith in. When people put their faith and trust in something that's not correct, when it falls apart, they fall apart. But during this time, God's still in charge. He's still in, in the throne. We don't have to panic. We don't have to worry. God is still on the throne. And we could trust in Him. That even if we mess up, God doesn't mess up. And we could put our hope in Him. Verse 16, For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me when my foot slippeth and they magnify themselves against me. He says, Lord, hear me. I'm praying to you, help me. Verse number 17, for I am ready to halt and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. David says, I messed up and I'm admitting that I messed up. He's confessing to God and said, God, I need you. Which brings us to this verse number 21. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me. Help me, O Lord, of my salvation. Those are the two most powerful words. Help me. By the way, that's an easy prayer. Help me. That's something that anyone could utter. Help me. That's something that no matter what condition that you're in, you can get out those words, help me. Help me. And God is ready to help. God is ready to be there. Help me. Any condition, any situation, help me. You know, there's something about being so in tune with God that that's all the words that you need. For example, in Tennessee, I was making a visit to... Um, to uh, someone out in the country. And they had uh, dirt roads. Which are fun to drive on. And it happened to be that it was on this dirt road. There was a 90 degree turn in a deep ditch. And it just kind of came last minute. And you know there's no, um, no speed limit signs in some of those dirt roads. It's just out in the country. Out and visiting. And I wasn't going fast. I was going very slow. <laughs> slower than normal. Just driving the turn. Because I'm trying to look for the house. And trying to find out where it's at. And I hit the corner just right that all of a sudden the van began to spin. And while the van is spinning, I did not have time to get an organist and said, all right, let's play with me and let's set the tune. I didn't have time to say, all right, God of Jehoshaphat and the fat brothers and Jeroboam and Rehoboam and the Boam boys, I had time to say two things. Help me. And you know that's all that's needed? Help me. If someone is drowning in the sea, they don't have time to give a big discourse. Hey, you know why you should save me? Because I'm important. And they have enough time to say, help me. And that's all that's needed sometimes for someone to hear. 
to get you out. You're having a problem with yourself. Maybe you're talking with someone and they're stupid. They're, they're, they don't make sense what they're saying. And you could feel the heat inside of you rising. You could say, Lord, help me. And he knows what you mean. Help me to deal with the person. That may be the only thing that you have to say. Maybe you're in the midst of a test. And you decided you didn't study it for it. And sweat's beating out. You might even be able to say, help me. And God could at least give you grace. So you don't panic and have a heart attack trying to take the test. You know, God can give so much help. With two little words. Help me. Help me. God is a God who wants to be needed. And sometimes he allows pressure to be put in our lives to let us realize we have a need of him. And that all we have to do is say, help me. And God is willing to help. What a great God. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.